It's Queertober, bitches! Time for horror movies and slutty outfits that show off my ass. I'm Nito Kitch, and tonight we have both as we check out Hellbent. But because it's not fun to tell Becky not to open the closet door alone, I have two Scream Queens with me. First up, she's not your final girl, she's your ready for round two girl. It's Amelia. Hi, my name's Amelia, and I would love to get slashed by Pinhead. And I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator Next on up. Instagram. <laughs> Next up, they just received a mysterious box in the mail from their long-deceased father. It's Andrew. Hi, I'm Andrew, and I would love to be butchered by the shape Michael Myers Take Me Daddy. And I could be found at Twitch at Raven 28 Hellbent is a gay slasher film, a bit of a rarity, but Hellbent came out in 2004 alongside Seed of Chucky, which you might know as a Chucky where John Wa- uh, the Chucky with John Waters and a transgender doll uh, as one of his protagonists, but was also the year of uh, the first Saw and the American version of The Grudge, I believe. It was a very weird time for horror, so traditional slasher starring gay characters doesn't seem so out there, but, but now it's time for the plot, so if you want to see this movie, go do that save this episode and you know revisit it please i'm very lonely okay i think they're gone here's the plot <laughs> twas the night before halloween when murder happened to two gay guys in a cruising spot uh, that's just a setup though four gay friends eddie joey chaz and toby head out for a night of excess sex party but before all that they end up all flashing this guy that they just assume is some creeper in the park that turns out to be the serial killer oh anyway so like eddie has this thing for like this motorcycle like biker dude so they end up going to this leather bar which is actually pretty impressive they hang out there for a little bit but split as eddie jake and toby head to the arcade anyway after getting rejected by his crush joey and chaz head to the bathroom to get Get Joey cleaned up, but uh, Chaz gets distracted by a hottie, which leads Joey to getting the ultimate rejection. Murder! I mean, getting his crush's number and an apology for how he treated Joey. Then murder! <laughs> this is the halfway mark for the movie, uh, for the record. Uh, meanwhile, Jake and Eddie bond over carnival games, and Toby kills it despite being trashed when they meet up with Chaz, macking on a fine honey. Jake and Eddie leave, to, leave Toby to go find Joey, leaving Toby with Chaz. Out on the dance floor, Chaz is tripping his ass off and having the time of his life, which is good because his life ends as he gets attacked by our unnamed serial killer. Uh, killer then goes for Toby, but ignores him, and Toby, out of, de- out of pure desperation, pretty much begs and flirts with the killer to be his date, only getting his attention when he removes his costume. Unfortunately, that's not all that gets removed. His head gets removed. Um, Eddie and Jake remain as they arrive back at the leather bar and find it's been taped off as a crime scene. Jake tries to break in to get his bike. Uh, Jake gets his bike, and Eddie gets uh, bitch-slapped by the killer, and a chase begins. Eddie barely survives, barely making it out with a, uh, with a scythe, just damaging his fake eye, which means also he has a fake eye. There's a lot of things. Just go with it. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but it partially makes sense. Uh, but since there's still 30 minutes left, the movie isn't over yet. Eddie arrives home with Jake to find the apartment empty, and apparently being nearly attacked by a creeper is really a turn-on for him. Um, and now, the mystery of the tattoo. Whose name could it be that Jake had obscured with another tattoo? Put your guesses in now. It won't be answered. 
Also, <laughs> anyway, back to anyway back to post trauma sex. Also, the killer is in the apartment. Eddie gets handcuffed to the bed, and Jake gets murdered in the bathroom while he psychs himself up to mack the sex with Eddie. And then Jake dies, but who are who is our murderer and why? The killer goes after Eddie, but gets knocked out by Jake, who is not dead after all, and uses the power of love and a heavy object um, to again knock him out. But then the killer isn't down for long, as it's time for the final showdown. Can Eddie prove himself? He's got what it takes to be a real cop and not just play a stripper for Halloween. The answer is no, but he does remember that he owns a gun, and from learning to shoot earlier, kind of, he misses completely and gets pushed down the fire escape. But with Jake in trouble and his fake eye off, uh, he finally gets a good shot in and takes out the psycho killer once and for all so Jake, eh, so Jake can get Eddie's name tattooed on his back and regret it later. The end, or is it? So, um, what did y'all think of the film? Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty campy for, like, a slasher flick. Um, the, the photo, the crime scene photos were the most gruesome out of everything. Everything else sort of seemed a little bit, I know because it is a cheaper uh, budget film, um, but the lighting and the camera cuts, like, really took away from getting some of those good like killer murder scene shots and like i i was i was kind of severely disappointed by chaz's kill i was like we didn't we could barely see any of it i thought it was a hallucination what do you think amelia well i don't think any of that was the plot of hellraiser <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they raised some hell that night. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched the wrong movie, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, that was hell-bent. <laughs> well, thanks, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Gehika. <laughs> um, all right, well, um, Andrew... How did you like the characterization of our main characters? Let's go via death scene. So first up is Joey, who is a twink in love and uses bondage to try and up his appeal. Oh, Joey is such—he's such a sweetheart. Uh he—he didn't—he really didn't deserve uh, getting just shit on by um, what? What was the fucking guy's name? His friends were horrible. All I could, all I remember is I was, I called them a uh, judgy bitchy queens. <laughs> I gotta admit though, like his, his bondage outfit for something oh, that he the borrowed, it was great. It, it fits him surprisingly well for something borrowed. Cause, oh yeah, definitely. Because I've, I've, but, I've know, like borrowed vests and stuff from friends, and they just, you know, they don't hang right on me. Yeah, but you know, being a skinny white twink, you kind of can. Make things work. <laughs> uh, speaking of making thing, things work, we have Frank, uh, who had all of his skin ripped off. And <laughs> uh, next up on the death toll was Chaz. Uh, the kind of... How would you even describe him? I uh, He was... I would say more like... 
just bisexual nymphomaniac. Like, he's going... The first time we get introduced to Chaz is he's having a threesome in his car outside the Hot Licks Diner. Like... <laughs> I think that was a great introduction to the character. <laughs> I, I think that sums it up pretty well. I di- I was not a fan of uh, his uh, uh, leather cowboy uh, attire. Oh, not personally. at all. Like that, that was a bit tame. Yeah, he could, for for a bisexual nympho, like he could have gone more, especially if he's doing the whole like slut thing. Um. I kind of feel sorry for Toby because I've I, I've been there, you oh, know. Yeah. Like we've all chosen that one. I'm choosing it this year because I'm going to be, um, I'm I'm going to be Bill Murray getting inside of Garfield, uh, which means <laughs> I have a Bill Murray costume and a Garfield uh, a onesie that I'm cutting up and putting blood on. Um, so like so like no one's gonna no one's gonna want to take me out, like Toby. But like you know, I mean, it'll make Devil me Daddy. happy. <laughs> Devil Daddy only wanted to take him out after he, after he saw his driver's license. By the way, young gays, do not tr- throw your driver's license at people. It has important information on it. Yeah, don't dox yourself. Yeah, I feel sorry for Toby, but also I feel like Toby was pretty one note overall yeah toby was pretty one note but i'd have to say that was the funniest kill just like i'm never doing drag again and <laughs> off with her head <laughs> um let's go let's go with jake uh next up who did not die but was a fake out death yeah, um jake um the uh tough guy with some internalized homophobia because doesn't want to kiss his hookup. (laughs) I, but he's got angel wings tattooed, so he's got some good in him. Um, (laughs) more like good on him. (laughs) Uh, I don't think that it's weird because like for like a bad boy character, he wasn't that bad of a boy. Yeah. From the get go. Yeah, I mean, the baddest thing about him was that he had tattoos and drove a motorcycle without a helmet. Which, by the way, helmets first, kids. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, let's just go straight on to Eddie. Eddie, who makes me want to fuck the police in a different connotation. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like, he looked like... uh... God damn it, I'm blanking on the name. He looked like a uh, stunt double for the actor from Smallville. <laughs> and then we have Pinhead, um, <laughs> who, uh, you know, he's Pinhead is all into flesh and suffer. Um, although, like... <laughs> and to finding the deepest carnal pleasures, uh, in fact... <clears throat> I think this movie could have used some more carnal pleasures, um, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't, like, there was some moments, but there wasn't, like, a lot for what was kind of, like, a little bit hyped up as, like, a sexed-up type of uh, environment. And really, not as much as I thought I would see. Like, Chaz got the most, technically, 
Um, but Chaz is oh, also, yeah. as previously stated, uh, bisexual nymphomaniac slut. Um, it's nympho- no, yeah, necromaniac is the one having sex with dead people. Yeah, I got that right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a different movie if he was a bisexual <laughs> necromaniac. Yeah, I think that I think that would be a bit closer to Hellraiser. <laughs> Or at least some of the later Hellraisers. <laughs> um, we really didn't get a lot of information on our killer, which is something different than Hellraiser. Hellraiser, we pretty much, through the series, at least get a good amount of backstory about Pinhead specifically. Um, and a little bit, we can kind of tell a little bit about the other Cenobites. Uh, Hellbent, on the other hand, we don't even really know why the killer's going after them. It's like they moon him, and I guess he just doesn't like butts. I guess it makes sense because he's looking for a head. <laughs> Thank you, I'll be here all week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Like we don't, We don't even know his name. Yeah. He's just like... Some shirtless guy. referred to as Devil Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) The Creepy Cruiser. Um, (laughs) That that one was a good one, Creepy Cruiser. (laughs) Um, This movie did have some nice practical effects, too. Especially, there's this one joke that I really liked in the bathroom after Joey died. (laughs) And like the, these two, these two guys go yes. into there, and they open up the door, and one of them opens the door. He's like, oh, "Really?" And then like twitches, and he just like screams, and it's like, "Oh, <laughs> they they provided the much needed comic relief, and I loved it." <laughs> but like the, the there wasn't, it didn't feel like there's too much blood uh, in a lot of the scenes, but there also could have been more blood in other scenes. Like we talk, like yeah. the Chaz. I feel death. like they. I feel like they blew their load on the first few kills, and then the rest of them were just like, well, here's a smattering of fake blood. <laughs> if you think about it, that's kind of a hookup, in, in essence, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. Minus the blood. <laughs> um, well, they don't last too long. <laughs> uh, I was... Going back to the Chaz, like, death scene, I was actually... How do you kill someone in a crowd? Like, because before we had this scene with Joey, uh, where, like, he's, he gets put as part of this performance, this musical performance, where, like, they chop him up with chainsaws. I'm like, oh, this is going to be it. Like, the killer is going to come in with an actual, like, switch out one of the actual chainsaws. Oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be there. And then it just didn't happen. Like, that's how you would kill someone in a crowd, but like the actual crowd killing scene, he just apparently just gets like slashed and like no one notices and like no one freaks out when like the well I guess that is kind of true to uh, my experience in clubs, but it, you know at least someone would have seen like the black light reflecting off of the blood. Yeah, and also like it's just like a heavy strobe effect during that time, so it's like hard to see anything. <laughs> Um, let's see, um, going back to, uh, when Joey got killed, um, mind you, the song that they were singing, Porno DiGiorno, (laughs) 
and the oh lyrics God. for that <laughs> was he was like somebody actually wrote this song for this movie <laughs> and they called it porno di giorno <laughs> i mean it's not delivery it's disappointment <laughs> is there a soundtrack i mean i want to see if there's a soundtrack for this movie uh Oh, please tell me there soundtrack. is. I want, I actually, yes, yes, I am buying it. <laughs> it's on Amazon. <laughs> oh, boy. It's got a horrible, hor- it's got a very horrible, I don't, actually, this might not be the right helmet now that I'm looking at it because there's no character named uh, Harry in it. I'll look that up later. Um, this movie has some good good set pieces. Uh, some really good B-roll as well. Some good uh, locations. Um, oh, yeah. I, Being that I live near L.A., I recognize some of the places immediately. Um, particularly one where they walk past a club, which is unfortunately now closed, uh, called Rage. Um, speaking of which, now that it is spooky season, um, Rage, being that it's closed, has now become a spirit Halloween. And that is facts, folks. <laughs> uh, how, do you know how many of, like, the actual, like, locations, um, like, were, do you know of any of the locations that they used that were actually, like, like, the leather bar, was it actually a leather bar? Or anything like that? I mean... If it wasn't necessarily like, if it wasn't necessarily a leather bar, it probably is one of the bars that are down in West Hollywood. Um, obviously, being decorated as such, I couldn't necessarily tell what bar, um, but it the locations definitely looked familiar, and I was like, oh, they're at this place. Um, but what also got me was like when they were at one of the final scenes, I think, in Heat. Uh, it was Eddie and his sister at the West Hollywood Sheriff Station, and he s- told her that he didn't want this to turn into some uh, a gay bashing thing, because it would be hell for him around the office, it seems like. I'm like, dude, you are at the West Hollywood Sheriff Station. I think you're fine. <laughs> um... I was actually a little confused over, like, hmm. Actually, because they said, because I think in the beginning he said that their father was a cop. Yeah, his father was a cop. And his, Eddie his... went through police training, but had, like, discharged from medical disability. I think his, like, sister works on the force somehow. Because... It... It's very muddled. Because, like, what what confuses me is, like, at first I thought he was wearing, like, his father's out, like, uh, police outfit when he put it on and stuff like that. Um, minus, like, the badge and stuff until he gets, like, the fake badge at the costume shop. But, like, as it goes along, it's like, wait, is he actually wearing, like, his own outfit that he had at one point? But then he got, like, discharged when he, like... Because... It's, yeah, it's very confusing. Um, yeah. So. I was just like, it, because it, it was like, yeah, it's his father's outfit, but then it's like, 
seems very weird that it conveniently fits him. But not only that, he had his father's service weapon. Like, they they don't let you keep that. <laughs> maybe, maybe he stole it like he stole the printouts of, like, the, the prisoners. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, just printing out pictures of... We've all criminals in the area. <laughs> we've we've all cruised the 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 mugshots websites to look for hot guys. Don't act like you haven't. <laughs> um, when we think about horror icons in the queer community, we think of Chucky, whose creator Don Mancini is gay, and the Babadook, who is the oopsie gazy of icons. Uh, we also have Hellbent, I mean Hellraiser, and Pinhead, apparently. Um, uh, what do you think this movie could have done to better cement itself with queer horror culture? I think if they delved a little bit deeper into the characters, because, I mean, everything was there to like make the characters a bit more relatable, but it just seemed so, like, a lot of it seemed confusing. A lot of it seemed, like, very surface level. But I felt like it could have dove a little bit deeper into everything and sort of got you to really connect with the characters and not just sort of think, like, oh, well, this one's this trope, this one's this trope, this one's this trope. You know, it. I think it would have been a little bit better. But also just devil daddy as sort of like a Michael Myers-esque uh, slasher that's sort of, you know, gonna stay in the shadows, stay towards the back, only, you know, ever so often cutting through the camera frame and then showing up at the last moment. Um, but also I kind of wanted more chase scenes. Like, the fact that we only got, like, two chase scenes in this entire, what, hour and almost 20 minutes what was the second what was the second chase scene because i know the one that's like the revisit of the leather bar the yeah the first chase scene was the revisit in the leather bar and then the second one is sort of in the apartment Uh, okay so it's like small one but i mean that was just about it i think the most realistic thing about this uh, movie is uh, four gay guys living together in an apartment in West Hollywood and having a clean bathroom. Um. <laughs> Especially when one of them's a drag queen. Like, come on. That bathroom should have been fucking dirty as hell. I don't think... Wait, see, this is another thing. It's like, I don't think Toby was actually a drag queen. I thought Toby was just dressed he went up. Out, he went in, out and dragged for the first night. That bathroom still should have had, you know... <laughs> Some makeup lying around and other shit. Like, well, according to Wikipedia and the synopsis on there, <laughs> uh, it, it, they refer to to that roommate as a drag queen, but okay. I didn't actually see it. So. It, it was it was def it was definitely Toby's first night in drag with uh, apparently a wig that isn't cheap but could have fooled me. <laughs> so. Um, what do you think about this movie is its strongest aspect? I think that I think there was a lot more potential with uh Devil Daddy. 
I mean, like, we didn't really get so much more. In, oh, the only part that we got into, like, the real sadistic part of the killer was towards the end, really, with um, Eddie and his fake eye. Like, that was the only time in the movie that I actually was, like, disgusted. And I was like, I kind of live for it. <laughs> I feel kind of bad, so I think, um, I think I'd like to have a little one-on-one with Amelia. Hey, Amelia. Yeah? Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, what's up? So, I've never actually seen Hellraiser. I've only seen uh, video essays about it. So... (laughs) You know, uh, it can be puzzling. (laughs) (laughs) And I've also played as a pinhead in uh, Dead by Daylight, so... um, Uh Uh-huh. This is all of my information for those listeners who uh, are going to be yelling at me for the next five minutes that I get things wrong. Um, so, um, obviously, there is a lot of sadomasochistic uh, imagery in Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how would you translate that into it being queer? So the director, writer of the story, um, Clive Barker, uh, is a proud and out homosexual man who actually based the entire, like, design of those characters in the cephalites, I think they're called, um, on a cephalite, yeah, those guys, (laughs) close enough, uh, yeah, he actually <laughs> he actually had based those on I'm not sure of his actual experiences or on a specific like underground uh SM, like gay SM club in New York City. Um and we could definitely like just I think in the costuming of that, like, see certain stereotypes. Uh a lot of the the you know, the, the gimp soup type deal, I think was one of them. Uh, leather or not leather face his penhead was specifically I guess modeled after like some needle thing at this club I don't know <laughs> I read a couple of articles about it uh, after watching it there's something very gay about chains I'm just gonna say it I mean yeah. you raise your things about the chains of love and Pinhead uses chains with hooks on them. I think those are the ex- I think those are the chains of love. If you think about it. Oh yes. Uh, looking at this other article, it looks like Barker actually worked as a hustler in the nineteen seventies. Um, yeah. So that's I guess probably how he knew about this club and was in there. Um. Yeah. Do you think that there is a um beyond beyond the influences, do you think after watching it that there is a uh, uh deeper vein um when it comes to theming of uh when it comes to like the characters and the stories and the trials that they have to go through? when it comes to the experiences that LGBTQIA plus people go through? That's a good question. Um, 
I don't think so as much necessarily. Um, yeah, I don't think so as much. It is kind of like... explain it so you don't think that queer people go through having their skin ripped off and then having to feast oh. on other people that their uh <laughs> their partners kill in order to regain uh their humanity you don't think that's something that we all have to go through <laughs> i think, think metaphorically actually now that you mentioned that though i do think metaphorically uh I, a lot of the plot of the film was perhaps making a commentary on how straight relationships can often be like very kind of. I think heteronormative relationships sometimes can really hold people back. And, uh, you know, I, I think everybody has kind of like their own battle with their inner demons. Um, as far as, like, I guess inner demons is the wrong word for this, but, like, <laughs> you know, I think everyone has an internal battle at some point where they're just, like, coming to terms with, like, their sexuality and, like, you know, what they really want out of, like, a sexual partner or, like, just a partner in life, um, which obviously isn't, like, unique to queer people, but I think the way that it is posited in the film with, like, the, you know... you know, the, the marriage that you would expect for someone to be very, like, kind of blasé. Um, and then as soon as she starts, like, discovering this, like, whole relationship with Frank, which, while also, like, a heteronormative, is a lot more kinky and I think might have some subtext. Um, for example, the fact that the demons that come for him are for for male demons that are very much dressed like what you would see at, you know, at an SM public pinhead and stuff like that. So what um, you're saying is that the Cenobites are basically Frank's gay best friends. Yeah. Except that they're trying to kill him. <laughs> I mean, I know when I go out with my gay friends on a night, they're trying to kill me as well. Too many shots, man. Yeah, actually. though. <laughs> <laughs> look at Hellraiser a completely different way. Frank just pissed off his four gay best friends and they're just getting back at him. <laughs> See, if you really think about about the puzzle box in Hellraiser... You've gay-baited me for too just, long. Is it not just the, the puzzle box of sexuality? And we're <laughs> unlocking to tap into our most carnal desires. So, Andrew, is there anything uh, else you'd like to discuss about Hellbent and, I guess, Hellraiser? I don't know. I kind of like the I kind of like the term "puzzle box of sexuality." <laughs> that, was, that was great. I'm just laughing about that. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Amelia, is there anything you'd like to say about Hellraiser? Yes, it, it is a truly wonderful film with some amazing shots, but it is not, in fact, hellbent. Okay, so now we come to the part where we sum our feelings on tonight's movie. Um, Amelia, 
<laughs> was Hellraiser a scream or just an ant? <laughs> Definitely a scream. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Uh, <laughs> lots of gore. You know, it's good. <laughs> True. Is this... <laughs> Is this a movie you lost your head over, or was it just a carnival prize? Uh, I think this movie had a great shot, but like Eddie, it just was all over the place. <laughs> anyway, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movies or end up watching it's later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayCapod, that's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest the movies for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for... Yeah, like Hellraiser. <laughs> We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Nato Kitch reminding you that the scariest thing you can be for a lot of straight people this Halloween is yourself. Later. Later.